This, the inaugural episode of Keep Calm and Crown On, is brought to you by Minute with Mary. So, of course, Minute with Mary is a place where you can find all sorts of cosmetics and skincare. But because you're a podcast listener of ours, we like to give you the hookup. And this month, the month of December 2019, I'm giving a discount on my favorite mascaras, my black, my brown, my waterproof Epic Mascara. That's right. Get any Epic Mascara of your choice for 15% off. You can get this discount by going to minutewithmary.com slash discount. Truth may lie beneath the surface, buried, forgotten, but time has a way of uncovering it. One thinks of the Merchant of Venice. Truth will come to light Murder cannot be hid long. A man's son may, but at the length, truth will out. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Keep Calm and Crown On. It's a podcast dedicated to the Crown On Netflix, so grab your best tea, maybe a crumpet, and let's get royal. And welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I am so excited. You sure are. For this podcast. You sure are. Mainly because, yes, it is the crown. <laughs> yes, yes. But let's talk about my real love. Okay. I mean, the real love aside from I mean, Mary. it's me. But aside from Mary. <laughs> yes. And this is like a close 2B. I mean, this, I mean, now 1B. I mean, this is, it's right underneath Mary. Oh. And that's Tobias Menzies. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> And you know, for those of you who listen to Outlander Cast, for for those who who listen to Outlander Cast, and you know what I'm going to talk about here, and I have to play this. Okay. Tobias, no matter what he does, deserves a little Whitney. Now, for the, for, for everyone, even in Game of Thrones, even in Game of Thrones, he deserves some Whitney, <laughs> just because I love him so yes. damn oh my much. Gosh. Now, again, we, for those of you listening to Outlander Cast, uh, you know that Tobias Menzies was part of Outlander the show, uh, and I have a severe man crush on him. So, this is only a natural sequel to what we do at Outlander Cast, and I am so fracking excited oh as am i um so the crown has been a show that i would watch uh during bouts of insomnia yes yes. (laughs) let's be real um one of the sad afflictions that happens to my anxious mind is i do have just bouts every once in a while where i just can't sleep and you know what makes me fall asleep what's that Thinking about like, the British monarchy, the British monarchy <laughs> and the calmness and the grayness of the show, but it calmed me down. It took my mind off of things. It made me realize that things in my life weren't that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you're definitely not the queen of England. Yeah. Um, I loved the show. I loved this show so much. And when I started to tell Blake about it, he was devastated that I watched it without him. But I'd already watched tons of episodes, so he missed out. And and then of Not course, tons of episodes. Like, all of them. Uh, the, the first two seasons. It's, <laughs> yes. it's fine. It's fine. 
Um, and since then, of course, we've been watching a lot of other shows. And now the new episode of The Crown has come out. And I asked Blake, I said, okay, uh, listen, I've already watched the first two seasons as much as I would like to binge watch them all again. I don't have time for it because I need to make Christmas cookies. And he said... <laughs> all the Christmas cookies. Oh, my God. Yes. I make like 25 days of cookies. Um he said, let's start with season three. And I said, the record stopped in my head. Mm-hmm. And I said, excuse me. And he proceeded to give me reasonings as to why he is okay right now. Because you are going to go back and watch seasons one and two. Absolutely. Uh, they are phenomenal. But seeing as how we don't have tons of time, winter is coming um, and Outlander is coming. So we don't have tons of time to watch all the episodes, podcast about them all. But we are prepared to do this for season three that's correct and we're doing it uh, for a couple of different reasons we're doing it this way for the fun of it i think well i mean first let's thank the patrons of outlander cast and mary for being able to make this podcast happen without you guys there there is no mary and blake there is no outlander cast there there is no studio in our basement there's nothing so this is a thank you (laughs) more whitney come on um you know just for tobias i'll play it again okay that's my boy, Tobias. Somehow I got a feeling I'm going to hate uh, King uh, Philip. I, I, I've got a feeling I'm going to hate him, but that's okay. Okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, thank you, you guys. You guys make it happen. So, and So this is for you. What? For some reason, I think I'm going to hate King Philip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some reason, I just got, I got this. Well, technically, he's a prince, isn't he? Yeah, he's a yes. prince. Um, at, at any rate, uh, thank you to, to, the, uh, to, to all you guys. You make it happen, as always. And uh, we're doing it this way, uh, like as Mary says, because we don't really have a whole ton of time, but mainly because the whole cast has changed, uh, for the most part, uh, in The Crown. And I like the experiment Mm -hmm. of being able to watch the show as it exists right now, with this cast doing what they're doing. And it's almost like it's a whole new show. It's almost like that. And can the show stand on its own? Can the show attract new viewers Mm -hmm. the way that it might be able to without binging it? Can it stand on its own with this new cast? Do you absolutely need the first two seasons? And uh, this is a fun experiment. I'd like to try and talk about it. So we will not be referencing necessarily seasons one and two in this particular podcast uh, unless unless I catch myself up very quickly. (laughs) Uh, but we will be talking about season three. Okay. And if we're all lucky and if we're all able to get, get it done and we get enough interest, perhaps maybe we'll do seasons one and two. And then later on when season four comes, maybe we'll do okay. season four. But in the meantime, you are stuck with us talking about season three and especially the premiere of season three. So, mm-hmm. Marvin, anything else that you want to talk about uh, before we get into this whole episode and we, before we do the whole thing and do what we normally do here at Mary and Blake Media? No, no. No, nothing, huh? That's it. I'm, I'm ready to nothing. go. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, too. All right, okay. let's, let's get into the show. So dramatic, Blake. I know. Don't you like that? Yeah, sure. All right. You know, I had a lot of fun with the soundtrack. (laughs) I was playing with it all day, and I was listening to it in my car all day. Oh, my God. And, you know, the funny thing is is that the... (laughs) 
<laughs> I just can picture people like holiday shopping stuck on the roads near us. We live in a in a very shopping friendly place, meaning all the roads are packed as shoppers right now. And I can just picture you sitting in your car, pretend conducting because you don't really know how to conduct. You no, just not sway. at all. I just you, sway. He sways both hands. Uh, for my fellow musicians, in, <laughs> in two, he just goes back and forth and back and forth and and moves his head, and I can just picture you doing it to that song. What what, what are you trying to tell me here? Possibly singing off key. I love it. I do. Okay, continue. I'm all about not being on key. The the the, the off key life is the best life. Well, let's get into the show well, life. Then at any rate. Um, <laughs> The, the great thing is is that the theme of this uh, of uh, the crown was actually composed by Hans Zimmer as a matter of fact I would believe that and yeah it's very horny very horn blasty as you just heard <laughs> no, yeah I just realized what I just said there very horny <laughs> so horny yeah that one I deserve that I absolutely yeah, deserve that. there you go okay uh very horn blasty <laughs> and uh, it actually quite reminds me of um a mix between Inception oh, yeah. and uh, the Tron Legacy soundtrack, oh, okay, uh, which Hans Zimmer actually uh, was a consultant on. If you get a chance, go watch Tron Legacy number one, obviously, and then listen to the soundtrack. It's even better. Uh, and then the rest of the show is composed by Rupert Gregson Williams, who is a composer who's done a bunch of different movies as of late, including uh, the Wonder Woman soundtrack. Oh, very good. And also the Aquaman soundtrack, which was which was quite good as well. I did not see that. Uh, but he's also done up <laughs> some really bad things, too. A lot of Adam Sandler movies like Grown Ups and Jack and Jill. Don't That's my hate boy. on Adam Sandler. You know, Grown he's Ups hit or too. miss. Poor thing. He's been very miss as of late. He's been more miss than him. No. Didn't Absolutely. he do that Jennifer Aniston rom-com? Didn't that do well? Yeah, I don't know. Netflix gave it a 98 for me. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but it says I would like it. He also did the movie Hacksaw Ridge and uh, the movie Terminal. Uh, and the, the latest one that I actually quite like is Abominable. He did that one. Uh, so, yeah, that's okay. what he did. All right. Anyway, uh, so he's the he composed the rest of the music for the rest of the series. Okay. It's based off of Hans Zimmer's work for the theme. Hans Zimmer was like, let me just pick some of my most popular things, put them in a blender, yeah, and then and you then can you work off of that. There you go. <laughs> All right, so the episode details. The title of this episode, episode 301, the premiere of season three, is called Olding. Olding is the code name for the new prime minister that was just elected from, from the Labor Party. Uh, and he uh, that, that, that was his code name from MI5, which is like the equivalent to, hmm, let's call it the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. The director was Benjamin Karen, uh, and he has directed many episodes okay. of The Crown, uh, including uh, Scientia Potentia Est, Assassins, Barrel, Matrimonium, Mystery Man, and also Olding. Uh, and one of my other favorite things that he's directed is called uh, Sherlock with Benedict hey. Cumberbatch. He did the uh, the final episode of Sherlock called. The final problem. Oh, you uh, loved that one. Oh my God, I love, love, love uh, Sherlock. And the writer of this episode was, in fact, the showrunner and creator of this episode. Call his name is Peter Morgan. Now, Peter Morgan is actually a, a pretty big time uh, writer. Okay, uh, and he uh, has directed 
uh, I'm sorry, he has written, rather, many things that you would actually know, my love. Uh, he has written, he wrote the, actually, kind of what The Crown is based off of, which was the original movie The Queen, starring starring Her- Helen Mirren. Okay. Uh, and also, he wrote the screenplay to a lot of different movies called, uh, like, The Last King of Scotland, uh, The Other Boleyn Girl, and Frost vs. Nixon, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh Rush, which was a great movie by Ron Howard. Uh, he also wrote the story for Bohemian Rhapsody, the latest movie about Queen yeah. and, and Freddie Mercury. And uh, yeah, he's got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So cool. he's a quite quite an accomplished writer. Quite. quite an, and now, so we normally do our rating system. Yes. Now, our rating system usually has to deal with whatever is in the show and some little fun tidbit. I was thinking about doing it on Jules. Because it's the crown jewels. So how many jewels are you going to give this one? Though I decided, I think, the most apropos uh, rating system okay. is cups of tea. Okay. Cups of tea. You want tea or, ju- or jewels? I was going to go corgis, but... Corgi- oh, you want corgis? I mean, th- I just like the name. <laughs> we'll do corgis. I don't know. Like, how many corgis are you going to give it? <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'm in. There you go, I'm man. in. I'm in on the corgis. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. How many corgis? This is why you keep me around. You're like, oh, cups of tea. And I'm like, corgis. <laughs> I'm also the brilliant one that came up with the Damons. That's right. <laughs> for our Leftovers podcast, written by Damon Lindelof. We couldn't think of anything. I said, just give it Damons. There well, we go. you know, I thought it was fun because we, we did, when we did uh, You've Been Gilmore, we did everything on cups of coffee. Yeah. Okay. If you want to do, you know, and then oh, we no, have no, lemonades. No, no, no. You can't start me on. You can't start me on well, corgis and then walk want. it back. How about our friends vote? All right, yeah. Uh, here we go. All Listeners. right, so for this episode, we'll call it corgis because that was, that, that was a really good one. I like that. Hmm. But if you guys like uh, cups of tea or the jewels or corgis, you let us know and that's what we'll do. <laughs> the jewels just I don't like. All right, so then you know what? Cups of tea or corgis. <laughs> All right, that's what we'll do. All right, so you got two choices, tea or corgis. Which one do you want? You let us know in the comments below. Marvin, yes. How many corgis are you giving this one? <laughs> I'm giving this one a four point four. Really? Yeah. That's lower than even what I have. I know. Now, do you think it's based off of what you've seen before? Yes. Or, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, yes. what what about this brings it down? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying GBG quite yet, but like your, your first your first take on it, what brings it down? I'm a little you? bored. Yeah. Really. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. I get you. It's just, it just, it is what it is. Is this just going to be all like commie fear? Is, if this is going to be a commie fear season, I just feel like I've been, I've been communist out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after, especially after watching the Americans. That's why. Um, no, I, it, well, it's not about. We're going to find out. We're going to find out how much of this is going to I just. I don't know much about the history of Britain during this time frame, um, but... Well, here's the problem. Britain Uh and the United Kingdom and how, historically, it starts to go more and more and more left, like, in terms of, like, its views. Like, so you have... 
Okay, so in, in our terms. Are we getting deep? Should we be saving this for the show discussion since you just wanted my Corgi rating? Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I gave it a 4.4. Put, put a pin in that. Yes. <laughs> it's not that I was like poo-poo on this. Um, frequently with shows, it to, like, to be honest, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of the first episode of the first season. I okay. was kind of bored then too. Sure. I think that this is a show, um, much like Game of Thrones, that for me personally, I know I'm going to enjoy. It is beautiful. I'm enjoying the acting this set everything but I'm just sitting there saying alright this train just takes a little while to plot wise get me hooked yeah I, you know I was actually thinking about this as you were saying it I don't think you're one to like a lot of premieres no I don't I, the only premiere that I know <laughs> that you liked like off the top of my head mm-hmm. was Lost I liked This Is Us I uh, oh yes, premiere. okay, yes. You liked this is us. That's the, right. Like season one premiere. Yep, you did. Um, but that didn't even really kick I in liked until Outlander. the end. I liked Outlander season one premiere. Uh, I did. Yeah. You couldn't stand the voiceovers. Oh god, the voiceovers. Oh. I I mean I was just so giddy and I loved it. Yeah, I I loved that one. All right. Uh, okay. So for me, I'm giving it a four and a half corgis. Okay. <laughs> Uh, four and a half corgis for me, which I'm surprised I'm higher than Mary on. Uh, this show is exquisitely shot, and the lighting in particular is just brilliant. Um, Agreed. And, you know, I always say that I, I am impressed. Like, if you go back to Outlander season one, it was very cinematic. This uh, show is very cinematic. The way that it's shot, Truly. the way that it's composed, uh, a, a lot of the framing, mm-hmm. it just seems like the people that are directing it know what they're doing. They and, do. and the DPs behind it uh, know what they're doing. Agreed. And it, it feels like there is some budget here. Like, there's a big budget here. Yeah. And Netflix isn't, isn't playing around. And really, I mean, <laughs> uh, all, all kidding aside, The Crown, now that... Um, House of Cards is mm-hmm. gone, and we have what we had with Kevin Spacey. The Crown is, in fact, I think now the crown jewel of Netflix. Maybe aside from Stranger Things. Um, Are you seriously not realizing the amount of Christmas movies they have right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the night before Christmas with oh, Vanessa yeah. Hudgens. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I or, agree. Or Christmas with a View. <laughs> not a great movie. <laughs> Pit. Not a great film. Like you don't have good standards. Christmas in the Smokies. Christmas movies. Oh Stop. goodness gracious! All right, okay. All right. Let's go into the GVG. All right, what do you got for your uh, for your good? My good is I'm just so thrilled with the new cast. I think that it was quite seamless. I think that the um, you could tell that the actors really studied the previous actors in their roles to continue on with their mannerisms and just their behaviors and how they held themselves. I'm excited. I like the idea that they really gave this whole new, you know. Uh, just a big whole new cast redo. It's very very exciting. I'm that's my good. I am very excited. Me okay? too. Yep, I totally agree. I get it. My bad. Yep. Commies. <laughs> okay. So many commies. Artist commie, uh, and <laughs> and the new guy that she thought was a commie and not a commie, and he is like, I bit off more than I could chew. I did not think this was going to happen. <laughs> How I oh my gosh! And then my great yes. is just the fact that we're doing this podcast. Oh, you're so cute! I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you're How so about you? cute. You know, it's it's funny that you, you know that you talk about it. It's just something that we've talked about, and uh, a lot of our patrons and a lot of our listeners have requested this podcast, and we kind of fought it for a little bit until we came up with the reasoning of 
all right, well, let's go into it in season three. Let's see if yes. it could be on its own. Let's see what it does. Uh, and then it seemed to make sense. All right. Uh, for me, the good. I really liked the sound mixing in, the, in this episode. I really like, especially, especially at the beginning when they're, when, when the first shots of this episode are happening mm-hmm. and the breakfast between Philip and Elizabeth and you hear the clanging of the, of, of the forks and the knives. Yes. And you could tell that he's getting aggravated and she's eating whatever the hell she's eating. And he's telling the guy to turn up the TV. And even when uh, Margaret is in bed and the phone rings and it's like jarring yes. and the cars and everything, uh, the, the closing doors, the sound mixing for this was spectacular. Spectacular. Agreed. Uh, really, really liked the sound mixing. Okay, for me, the bad. <sighs> it kind of felt like disjointed. It felt like there were two episodes in here, and they didn't know what to do. Okay. They wanted to get to some thematic things, uh, and part of that is the death of Churchill. Yes. And part R-I-P. of And part of that also is. Uh, what happens with the the art guy, right? Uh, Kami. Yeah. Part of, they wanted to accomplish something with that. But it felt like having the art Hold guy. On. Is that a derogatory? A Kami? Yeah. I, I don't really think it matters anymore. <laughs> I mean, it it's, it's, it is derogatory, I suppose. I mean, is it like saying a Nazi? I just want to make sure I'm not being offensive. No, I mean, because it's an. I mean, even okay. If, Guys, if, you were, if I am being offensive, please. No, let me you're know. not being offensive. I'm not coming from an offensive. A communist is, in fact, a commie. It's just a, it's just a slang term for it. Fine, I'll just call him the art guy. So, so if you called me a commie, I would have a problem with that because okay, I'll just call him I'm not a communist. Guy. Maybe a communist does listen to this podcast <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're going like, to be offended. I take umbrage with that, sir. I don't mean to offend anybody if. If it has offended you, whatever. Uh, <laughs> seriously, if, if if never mind, <laughs> never. You know what? I don't want to get in any more trouble than I already have in my life. Um, the bad. So it feels like the stuff with the with the art guy is just like stilted, like disjointed. Agreed. All of a sudden, like this happens, and we're talking about this guy, and this is in an episode where a new prime minister is elected. This is an ep- This is in an episode where. Uh, Winston Churchill dies. Yeah. And then the final couple of minutes, especially, are dedicated to what happens to this jabroni and get the title cards at the end, talking about how he he lived on and did this and that. Like, what? Seriously. So I didn't like that. Even though I do think there's some cool stuff to take from this and to take from that story. We'll get into that in a minute. And for me, uh, the great, I actually have a tie. Uh, The whole introduction with the Kreen and delaying the reveal of her face uh, especially at the first few shots where it's just it's just a shots from her from behind oh. and shots of just like her neck down. I didn't even notice that. Until getting to where she has the stamp and you see her face up against Claire Foy's face and, and she talks about being an old bat and the whole thing. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yep. Really good stuff. Plus, um, I really so far think the show and the writing – has allowed someone like me, who has not seen seasons one or two, to understand the relationship dynamics uh, of the show, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the new cast. And I really like that. It allows someone to come in and say, okay, what's the show about? 
like you. What, what's going on here? And the, the writing is, is simple. Like a prime example is that first breakfast scene with Prince Philip and the Queen. They're clearly on each other's nerves and he's turning the TV up or whatever. There is some tension there. Yep. There's some cold ass tension. Shh, and you right. and you, you it, can't swear. Sorry. And you can you can see that. You can absolutely see that. And it's just and the thing with Margaret and her husband and how he's like going off and saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to sit next to my wife and the whole thing." You get a clear understanding even with Churchill. You get a clear understanding of how much Queen Elizabeth really ended up respecting and appreciating Churchill yeah. and what he had done for the country. Yeah. Uh, so I really like that. The show is accessible uh, for someone like me. Agreed. So uh, what do you got for the rest of this episode, my darling? Uh, what do you have? Uh, what stands out to you most? What stands out to you that you think um, you like better or less or, or equally from this season to, for, to from the pre, pre, uh, excuse me the previous seasons. <laughs> I'm so excited I can't even talk. I know. Well, just the new casting has, as I said, it was my good. It was so fun to see everybody, to see how they're holding themselves. Uh, uh, Princess Margaret. Could she just be like a spirit animal for so many of us? Oh my God. Helena Bonham Carter. Conan have picked a better person. She, oh, she like I just feel like, and this is probably totally unfair. I just feel like she's a disaster in her real life. Like wherever she goes, what? she's like I feel like in her real life, she's just like waking up with messy hair and like going out I, drinking. And no, no, you don't think so? I do, I completely disagree. Why? Why do you disagree? <laughs> All the character, like I feel like she's real life Bellatri- Bellatrix. But that's, I think, why. Because it's probably fun for her to be that. Rather than be like, I'm not acting. I yes. think it's fun. I think she likes to play these outrageous roles. You know, it's just so yummy to sink your teeth into and to be, you know, completely lost Princess Margaret, who's just perpetually pissed. Mm-hmm. Perpetually. Yep. Just constantly. And you know what? I'm just going to get drunk and sing and have a party without you. <laughs> That's... While you stare at me through a hole in the wall. Like, why do you have that hole made? Like, <laughs> like what do you... Is this like a frequent occurrence like, that Princess Margaret has these parties that you peep on? Or not only that, but like, this is something that you just... You must... You actively know where to go when you want to look inside the room. Yeah. Like, is... is what are they? What what are they, what are they doing in this room that requires a peephole? Some eyes wide shut yeah. stuff. I don't even know. I didn't even see that movie. Uh, for those of you who have seen Eyes Wide Shut, yes, absolutely. Weird sex parties going on in Buckingham Palace. Yes, I mean who knows? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, Prince Philip, he's into that stuff. Clearly, clearly, because he's talking about the guy who was the uh, his his buddy. Yeah. And uh, they were like, and, and Anthony Blunt, the uh, the the art guy, was like, "Yeah, it would be unfortunate to let that information out, wouldn't it? I wouldn't want that to happen." Look, you picking up on things, you know? I don't mess around here, kid. Good job. They don't pay me the big bucks for nothing. All right, how well? How about you get into this since this is kind of your thing right now? Um, I quite liked the show. I quite liked the first episode. It leaves me wanting more. And the thing that I that stands out to me, I think thematically, uh-huh. and what the show is trying to accomplish, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, because again, since you've seen the first two seasons, 
you're dealing with an older Queen Elizabeth. We've gone from, you know, someone who is in her early 20s to now someone who's clearly in her mid, like, well, at least with the way Olivia Coleman is in, in, in looks to Claire Foy, right? She's in her mid 40s, right? Uh, but I think within you think the show. She's in her mid 40s? Yeah. But I mean, within the show, I think. I think she, she looks mid 50s, like 60. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I'm not sure. We, we, we can find I'm out. I'm so close to being 40, Blake. You think she kind of looks like me? I didn't say that. No, I'm just saying. Let's see. Olivia Coleman. Let's see how old she is. I, I think she's supposed to be like late 50s. Well, we're going to find out right now, kiddo. Okay. Uh, let's like see. What, what year is this supposed to have taken place? Uh, she's 45 years old. No. In in the show or in real life? In real life, she's oh, I'm, I don't care about real life. I want to know how old Queen Elizabeth is in this first episode. Uh, all right, well let me let me look that up. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Do some math. Oh, you don't know how to. You're okay. I know how to do math, you hoop. <laughs> not common just keep core. Talk, just keep talking. Not definitely not common core. Okay. Just keep talking while so, I'm doing well, this. Well, I enjoyed. I agree. You know what's funny is the whole Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth dynamic. How like obviously they're just trying to beat each other at breakfast and yet then they go and they make their public appearance and they are uniformed front right and it's really just such an interesting dichotomy that you know there's this couple i mean so many couples as they age and just grow apart with things that happen in life you see them just be curmudgeoning with each other all the time but they have to have a unified front they have to be the the prince and the queen you know who are who are in charge of this this uh monarchy so yeah. i do find it quite interesting yep i totally agree have you figured it out yet? i'm, I'm doing the best that i can here uh okay so the show takes place uh in 1964 so uh, Queen Elizabeth right now is 93 years old. She was born in 26, so that would make her 42 years old. Stop. That would make her 42. Stop. Yep. Yep. 1964. Uh, oh, no. I'm sorry. 30, 38. Sorry. 38. She's supposed to be 38 in this episode. Yes. 38. Poor job. <laughs> well, let me let me make sure. This is why you don't do live math. I can't. No, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe skincare's just gotten so much better now. Yeah, thirty-eight. She's supposed to be thirty-eight in this in this season. So uh, I want to vomit. The way that it, the she's way that supposed the, to be my age, she looks so much older. So the way that the show portrays it, Claire Foy goes up till thirty-seven. And then all of a sudden, the next year, she turns into Olivia Coleman, who's 38. So, I mean, there's a pretty dis- distinct difference there. She's been on, on the throne for 12 years at this point, right? So That's what I look like? No, you don't look like Olivia Coleman, no, you hoop. No, I'm just saying, she's supposed to be 38 in this season? Yes. Stop! <laughs> no, I do not accept. Well, what do you want me to tell you? What you, she's 45 in real life. She's supposed to be 38 I, in the show. I must know some slamming hot tamales in their late 50s because I would have put money that she's supposed to be at least 50. Uh, nope. Nope. Not happening. Oh, she does have brown hair. When did she go all white? When did she embrace? 38? Yes. <sighs> she's got some ma'am hair. Okay. <laughs> You still got some juice left in you, honey, if you're 38. Come on! Well, at, at any rate. The, 38? The, my mind is blown. I bring, I bring the whole thing up only because, God. you know, you're dealing with an older Queen Elizabeth. And I think, you know. Matronly at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, the I mean, show. God, she's 38. The show is, is, is clearly telling you that the, 
that the job has aged her, right? And she's wiser. She's mm-hmm. a little bit more knowledgeable. Okay, yeah, she's more she's more uh, sturdy in her position. And yet she's also still kind of goofy and out of touch with people and out of touch, thinking that the new prime minister <laughs> um, is, um, you know, Harold Wilson is is a, a KGB agent and she just kind of just believes it. Right. But I think one of the thematic things the show is doing here and I give it credit and they're using the the art guy as a tool for this is the British Empire is slowly or has slowly become a lesser power in the world, especially after World War II. And the United States has assumed a dominance. And it's only a matter of time before the truth outs. You know what the problem is? What's that? I know how old Tobias Menzies and Helena Bottom Carter are. Okay, how old are they? Well, Tobias is 45. Okay. And Helen is in her young 50s. Okay. Okay. So it all kind and of Princess, runs together. No, it doesn't. No? Because if Princess Margaret is being portrayed by an actress who's in her, her young 50s, okay. then Queen Elizabeth is supposed to be older than that. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I'm so thrown off. <laughs> so but you're saying you're not show, a fan of the casting? No, I'm fine. I just thought that Queen Elizabeth was so much older than me, and I often relate to myself. I relate to characters in This Is Us because they're like my age, and I'm like, oh, well, cool. they're slightly older than you, but yes. I'm like, cool. I I can live this life, and mm-hmm. now I thought she was so much older. No, definitely not. It's I, because of. It's because of the casting. You, you can't get past this, can you? No, I can't shake it. <laughs> this has rocked your world. Oh my! I was ready for her to start getting, going through menopause next episode. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, are you more shocked that Olivia Coleman is only forty-five? I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even know. I think it's the Helena Bottom Carter supposedly being her younger sister. Okay. Fair enough. I honestly think that's what's thrown me the biggest loop. Okay, let's just refresh. Yeah, let's. <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend that she's 55. <laughs> so, if she has a baby this season, I'm gonna, <laughs> you won't be able to do it. Okay, continue. So, um, how did you said you had some issues with uh, how they treated Anthony Blunt, the at guy, and the whole thing. It, it just feels like it kind of comes out of nowhere. It feels like all of a sudden it's just it's like a really big part of the show, but it it just it appears, and then it, it like it feels like unless there's a lot of things that are going to transpire because of this, like th- that it just goes away. Do you feel the same, or do you feel like? And and also, do you feel like my thesis about it about the, uh, England becoming older? And uh, falling from power a little bit and the truth being out, coming out, do you you find that to be true? Um, I don't know. I just see it as setting the stage and that's why I'm afraid that this is just going to be a communist fear season. But Mm -hmm. if that is what's going on, I can appreciate that. I just just prepare myself in addition to Queen Elizabeth not being 50s. Um, Anyway, I'll get over it, guys. I'll get over it. I think it's tough because they shoehorned it in. We haven't seen this guy before. And if, was he just hired this year? Or probably not. No, he's been around for a while. He's a member of the royal household. So. He's the curator. I don't, you know, it just, he came out of nowhere. 
but I also feel like we need to have this big red flag that you can't trust anybody, that it's going to be this new administration coming in, and we've got all this crazy stuff going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just laying laying the pieces down on the risk board. So I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I didn't care. Yeah. I don't... This is a huge thing for me. I, I had a big talk with somebody about why I'm not liking the Mandalorian. It's because I don't care about anybody, about anybody except Baby Yoda. Um, we're only what episode four. Episode four. Show. Yep. So this, I don't necessarily care about anyone in this cast except Winston Churchill because they're all new to me. Yes. Technically, as actors, so of course you want to root for the same people. You know, Queen Elizabeth or Mar- who, whoever. But I'm not there yet because I don't know these new people. Yeah, that's a, that's a great dichotomy that you're talking about here because technically they're the same character. Yes. But they're not. No. They're, I, they're not at all. They haven't earned my love yet. And so that's funny that you talk about it like them like they're not the same people because had, they are. And had Claire Foy been there for Winston Churchill's death, I probably would have gotten a lot sadder. So do you think that's why they didn't linger on Churchill's death all that much? Because there just wasn't that connection between Olivia Coleman's Queen Elizabeth and Lithgow's uh, Winston Churchill? I thought they did a a fine job giving it lots of um, time. Because then they also had his funeral. But like Winston Churchill is a a gargantuan figure. He had a lot of time on screen the previous two seasons. Oh no, I'm sure that he did. (laughs) But, and and rightfully so. It's like, it's like FDR. Uh, it, like literally in in the United States, like FDR is a gargantuan figure in Correct. American history. So I just I in an episode where that kind of figure passes on, I can't believe that they spend so much time with stupid art guy. But I think that that's it. I think maybe even thinking that new people might be starting the show just in season three. They don't particularly have the relationship with Winston Churchill. Maybe they didn't study that very long in school, so they don't really care. But what they do need to set up is the worldwide um, situation. Absolutely. And if you've watched the previous two seasons of the show, then you can have your own little morning party for Winston Churchill. Raise a glass. But if... You're someone like you, Blake. I mean, granted, you do have a pretty serious historical knowledge. So, you know, you might have wanted a little bit more for Winston. But for the regular watcher, yep. they don't need... I think that they did do due diligence, in my opinion. Without seeing, obviously, the first two seasons, but understanding the mechanics of how this this show is written and how, how what the the aspect of what they're trying to accomplish with bringing in a, a brand new cast. Mm-hmm. I liked having the idea of John Lithgow, who played Churchill in the first two seasons, kind of be that connective tissue for both casts. Agreed. And him passing on uh, Pass is, the torch. is passing the torch uh, to the new cast. So it, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing to talk about. It, it's an interesting choice that Morgan makes uh, when he's writing this episode, o- only because I just feel like he deserves a whole ton more. And part of why I really liked why and how they kind of chose to do the Churchill death mm-hmm. is to show you how alone Elizabeth really is now. Oh, yeah, um, they they make it a a, a distinct a distinctive point. Where are her kids? Yeah, right? Like where's Charles? Where 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 is everybody? 
Um, that would have given me a better idea of how old she was. But, you know, regardless, like, I still feel like Elizabeth is alone in this, in this world that she's got now. Uh, Churchill's gone. That's her mentor. That's someone she looked up to. And the opening shots of the show and when she is getting ready for his funeral, she is there in that room wearing mm-hmm. black alone. There's no one there to help her. Prince Philip is off doing his own thing, whatever. And that is it. Uh, is that the sense you got from Elizabeth in this episode too? I felt that way all this time. Okay. Elizabeth is very alone. You know, she's figuring this all out and doesn't necessarily have um, the the best marriage nor the best sister to bounce things off of or, you know, and her mom's, her mom's just like, <laughs> freaking cloud nine all the time like it's who okay you? honey <laughs> it's fine oh my gosh um another scene that really stuck out to me and it, it, it i think it plays on the nature of what <laughs> i just picture the queen mother she's the one that sits and watches the hallmark christmas movies all day you gotta watch this <laughs> new show i saw it's called christmas with a few it's fantastic it'll get your mind off the commies <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Christmas with the view. <laughs> Netflix. Uh, another an, another scene that really stood out to me, which plays, I think, on the the, the mythological nature of uh, the, the 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 English crown, is that scene when Harold Wilson is finally elected as uh, prime minister, and he's the first Labour Party prime minister mm-hmm. under under Queen Elizabeth's rule. So she has to deal with that too. And we're, we're going to unpin this conversation okay. in a minute, but. He is prepared when he first walks in to that room to be like, you will step in. You take two steps. If she but if she gives her hand, you yep. shake it. You do not make small talk. There's that great moment of this is bigger than you. Yeah. This woman is much bigger than you and you have to accept that. And even the way that she, he speaks to her, too, is like, yeah, you probably would have been a lot happier with the conservative party, wouldn't you? I almost thought that she was going to be like, what? <laughs> like, who are you? Um, I liked that he did that. I kind of like that, too. I kind of like that, too. It felt like that was like a little Boston. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was. It was you a probably little... wanted the other guy. <laughs> but guess you're, what? You're stuck with me. You got me now. How do you like me now? How do you like them apples? <laughs> do you like apples? Um, so let's, let's unpin that conversation here a little bit uh, with communist party and the commie fearing the whole thing at this point in time again this is the first labor party prime minister under elizabeth's rule what, now, is, the, the, what is yeah the what labor, is the labor party the labor party is like the democratic party in the united states the current but, democratic party or the previous democratic party because don't you find it interesting that the democrats and republicans flip-flopped it being liberal and conservative well, yeah, back in the 1800s, that's they, they flip-flopped. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, England's had a much longer history, and they have different parties. Well, they've had parties. many different parties. So yeah. then right now, the Labour Party, it's not, you know, right now... So, by, But you're saying the Democrat, but I mean, is the Labour Party meaning liberal? Yes, okay. they're very liberal, um, and they really believe in unions and the whole thing, and the unionization, and uh, coming together with the rest of the United Kingdom, even, even the European Union. Okay. They're the ones who kind of put that all together. And they are so far left, they're almost leaning socialist, which would be communism. Well, communism is the, is the next step after socialism. But what I'm saying is they're far left. And 
they're as far left as, let's say, for in today's world, President Trump is far right. Okay. Okay. And dealing with that kind of with that kind of flavor in the political system is hard for Queen Elizabeth because she's only been used to the to the conservative party. Wait, are you saying that he's far right? Like the needle is moved incredibly far. Like he is as far left as President Trump is as far right. Do you mean Mike Pence? Um. Yeah, but but again, it's di- it's different. So okay, <laughs> there there is this there is this world where. But you're just saying as incredibly conservative as the no, leader. He's, he is liberal. Harold Wilson is the leader of the Labor Party. He is very liberal. Okay. Okay, so he's left. Okay, let's put it that way. He's left. Yes. And then you have other. Uh, Churchill was conservative. Okay. He was far right. Okay. Okay. So now they have two opposing sides. Okay. Diametrically opposed. Foes. They had a boy. I mean, they had a girl. So. Can we not bring Trump into this equation? Abs- uh, fine. Thank fine. You. I, t- I totally understand. You're blowing me away. Okay. So, yes, it's 1964. The Cold War is happening. And Britain is falling in its dominance. And there's even this great note when the MI5 agent is saying to the Queen, yeah, we really shouldn't let this thing out with Anthony Blunt out because we have already are falling in the world's view. And we don't have that much credibility with the Americans anymore. So we can't let them know. So... Yes, the the communism is is fully rampant. Why and, are they embarrassed if the Americans know that they were fools? Uh, because like they already knew. Someone in the U.S. told them, yes, that your art person. So like guys, well like, the guy, the guy went to the CIA and said, "I have this information." Yeah, that someone close to the royal household. Is you know yeah, but the Americans at that point don't necessarily know it's either true or false. They just they're passing along the information as a, as an act of goodwill. Okay, they're just pa- they, like the guy didn't name any names yeah. with the Americans. He just said, "This is what I know." A high ranking official. Um. So yeah, communism is there, and people are scared of it. I'm and just saying, why are they embarrassed? Was MI five embarrassed? Because they're already on the decline. As a nation, like uh, in terms of power, they don't want to seem like they're inept. They don't want to seem like their their world is 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 collapsing. You, you know what I mean? Jelly bean. So uh, so that's that. Uh, do you got anything else uh, for this episode, my darling? Anything else you want to chat about? I'm just. I was hoping that she was old and I'd get to see Princess <laughs> Diana. You still no? You know, well, I don't think we're going to see Diana till season four. I don't think we're going to see her at all. Because what Diana comes into the picture in the early eighties, probably when she's in her fifties. Uh, uh, yeah, because she was born in twenty six, so seventy six she'd be fifty. So she'd probably be in her early fifties when Diana when when Diana comes in. Well, the good news is is that I will have a, a night or two to refresh and come into this show with a different mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna gonna have a nice reset. Helena Bonham Carter threw me off. <laughs> all right, so uh, is that all? Is that all for now? <laughs> yes. All right, let's uh, let's close this bad boy out. Well, I had a lot of fun. I had some fun too. I want to go have some tea. Maybe some crumpets. Maybe pet a corgi. <laughs> Remember, guys, do the vote. If you want the Corgi or Cups of Tea ratings, we will listen to you. We will go along with what 
you want. We I truly hope, will. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Keep Calm and Crown On with Mary and Blake. Make sure you check us out on maryandblake.com where you can see all of our podcasts, uh, including our Rise Up podcast, which is about Hamilton, and also This Is Us Too, which is a show about This Is Us. It's currently on break, uh, which is why we're doing The Crown right now. And also Outlander Cast, The North Remembers. We got we got more friggin' podcasts than you can control. So it's and and and, and, and blogs and <laughs> handmade sale. We we got it all. We got it all, guys. So thank you so much for listening and for encouraging us to podcast about this show. We love it. We love history. We love Tobias Menzies, as you know. So we're here for the long run. As for now, ladies and oh, before what? before we do that. Oh what? I just gotta call out the Tobias Menzies. Oh, when he's about to call out the art guy and he's like, yeah, you suck, dude. Like, I was ready for like a straight on good Tobias Menzies moment. ready to pick him up by his jacket and throw him over the balcony? I was waiting for like like a little bit of blackjack to come out, you know, just to, just to sneak out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but then he got completely owned, got completely friggin' owned by, uh, by commie guy. So I look forward to see what Tobias does with this episode. I can't wait. With this whole season. Oh, yeah, this season. With the next two years. Yes. Oh, I love it. All right, guys. For now, my name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake. Keep calm and crown on. Crown on.